0: Welcome to Mana for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional, which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. Good morning, everyone. It's the 22nd of April, and I had to let that song play out. Chris Tomlin's, Is He Worthy? One of my favorite songs. What a phenomenal worship song. It is, and um, I'm trying to learn how to play it working on that. Um, By the way, it looks like the go live button on our webpage now works. It worked for me yesterday on um, looking at Mana for breakfast. So if uh, YouTube... Is it working for you? Uh, you might try that. Give that a try, so you can watch Mana for breakfast with us. That's always a, a great blessing. We had a interesting read through yesterday, going through Joshua and all these tribes. We're still dealing with all of these different tribes and their allotments. And today we're going to get into more. And so don't get uh, don't get too discouraged when you think, "What does all this have to do with me?" Just remember, as we're reading through the allotment of the tribes, that it's all about God's promise to give his inheritance to those whom he loves, and we have a phenomenal inheritance coming to us. So let's be, keep, keep the focus right as we read through these things, and I think we'll get kind of an, an overall idea of the incredible faithfulness of our God. And there goes all my dinging on the fam. I keep forgetting to turn my, my dinger off. There we go. Father God, thank you for this morning. I ask you would guide and direct us as we look into your word. We are so blessed to be here with you, and we would ask that you would guide us and direct us in Jesus' name. Amen. And I was so excited about that song. I didn't even read any of, the, any of this stuff on online. My mind was just I was just worshiping. I was having a great time there. But let's look at a couple of dad jokes as we get ready to start. We're all prayed up now. What happens when you don't pay your exorcist? You get repossessed. (laughs) Better pay him. Yeah. And why don't restaurants serve noodles after 10 p.m.? Because it's pasta bedtime. Mm Mm-hmm. And this day in history, let's look at a couple of interesting things. This day in history trivia: New Coke came out April twenty third, nineteen eighty five. After ninety nine years, they introduced their new, new formula. After three months, there was such a great public outcry and poor sales that they brought back the Coke, the regular Coke formula as Coke Classic. First public showing of Thomas Edison's motion picture. Um, projector using a projector, was April 23rd, 1896, in a New York music hall. And uh, he purchased the rights to the, the music projector, which was invented, I think, in Europe the previous year. And he knew that uh, things were going to go that direction. Smart man. Mm, let's see, there's a couple more. Oh, this one's interesting. The first public schoolhouse, April 23rd, 1635, Boston Latin School is founded. Why do you think it was a school founded on Latin? First public school was a Bible school. All the first public schools, including all the first universities, were Bible schools to teach the Word of God to to people. Because that's how our nation was founded. And we have drifted so far away from that. Even uh, Harvard was a... was really a seminary when it first started so they wanted they wanted to teach latin so students could understand their latin bibles but not anymore um let's see first u.s satellite to reach the moon april 23rd 1962 although it was supposed to send back pictures it messed. it had a big failure electronic failure and and just crashed into the moon now here's one of my favorites. This is for my lovely wife who probably doesn't know this. But in 1915, on April 23rd, a theater in Theater de Guadalupe opens in Las Cruces, New Mexico. My wife used to live in Las Cruces. And it was at an auditorium. It says that a park had a parking lot for 40 cars on the theater grounds, which tells me it was an open-air auditorium. This is very poorly written. I would say it was probably an amphitheater because obviously any theater is going to have a parking lot. So they said this auditorium had a parking lot of 40 cars, and it was the first partial driving theater. So my guess is people could sit probably in, the, in seats in the um, open-air auditorium, and people could also watch from their cars, and, and they would project a movie. I guess, at night. That's what it looked like. But that was in 1915, trying to imagine that, the Model A's going in there. This is well before the first drive-in movie theater that happened in 1933. And by the way, there's still a drive-in movie theater when we go home up in Las Vegas, New Mexico. And I took my daughter there and uh, sat outside our car, took pictures. She was excited. Uh, She had been to one previous when She was a little girl, but she didn't remember very well. But uh, we had fun. A few years back, probably about three years, four years ago now, uh, we went over there and sat and watched a a drive-in movie theater. They were so fun as kids. It's sad that there's not very many of them left in the world anymore. And that will do it for us on the trivia. Now we can move over into our reading for this morning. Joshua chapter 18. Then the whole congregation of the sons of Israel assembled themselves at Shiloh. And set up the tent of meetings there. And the land was subdued before them. There remained among the sons of Israel seven tribes who had not divided their inheritance. Joshua said to the sons of Israel, How long will you put off entering to take possession of the land which the Lord, the God of your fathers, has given you? Provide for yourselves three men from each tribe, that I might send them, that they may arise, And walk through the land and write a description of it according to their inheritance. Then they shall return to me. They shall divide it into seven portions. Judah shall stay in his territory on the south. And the house of Joseph shall stay in their territory on the north. You shall describe the land in seven divisions and bring the description to me. I will cast lots for you here before the Lord your God. For the Levites have no portion among you because the priesthood of the Lord is their inheritance. Gad and Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh also have received their inheritance eastward beyond the Jordan, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave them. Then the men arose and went, and Joshua commanded those who went to describe the land, saying, Go and walk through the land and describe it. Return to me, then I will cast lots for you here before the Lord in Shiloh. So the men went, and passed through the land, and described it by cities in seven divisions in their book. And they came to Joshua to the camp at Shiloh. Joshua cast lots for them in Shiloh before the Lord. And there Joshua divided the land into the sons of Israel, according to their divisions. Now the lot of the tribe of the sons of Benjamin came up according to their families and their territory, and their lot lay between the sons of Judah and the sons of Joseph. Their border on the north side was from the Jordan. Then the border went up to the side of Jericho to the north and went up through the hill country westward, and it ended at the wilderness of beth Aven. From there, the border continued to Luz to the side of Luz, that is Beth-El, southward, and the border went down to Ereoth-Adar, near the hill which lies on the south lower of Beth-Horan. The border extended from there, turned around on the west side southward from the hill which lies before beth Haran, southward, and it ended at kiriath Baal, that is Kiriath-Jerim, the city of the sons of Judah. This was the west side. Then the south side was from the edge of kiriath Jiriam, and the border went westward and went from the fountain of the waters of, of Nephtoah. The border went down to the edge of the hill which is in the valley of Beth-Hinnon, which is in the valley of Rephaim, northward, and it went down to the valley of Hinnun, to the slope of the Jebusite, southward, and went down to Endrogal, and extended northward, to Enshemesh and went to Gileath, which is opposite the ascent of Adumam. It was, went down to the stone of Boan, the son of Reuben. It continued to the south, in front of the Arabah, northward, and went down to the Arabah. The border continued to the side of Beth Ogla, northward, and the border ended at the north bay of the Salt Sea and the south end of Judah. This was the south border. Moreover, the Jordan was its border on the east side. This was the inheritance of the sons of Benjamin, according to their families and according to its borders all around. Now, the cities of the tribe of the sons of Benjamin, according to their families, were Jericho and Beth Ogla and Emek Chiziz, beth Araba, and Zimarim and Bethel, and Avim, and Para, and Ophrah, and Kephar, Amoni, and Ofni, and giba twelve cities in their villages, Gibeon, Ramah, and Barioth, and Misfah, and Chifriah, and Mosa, and Rechem, and Irpil, and Terla and Selah, and Haleph, and the Jebusite, that is, Jerusalem. Gibeah, Kiriath, 14 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the sons of Benjamin, according to their families. Chapter 19, the territory of Simeon. Then the second lot fell to Simeon, to the tribe of the sons of Simeon, according to their families, and their inheritance was in the midst of the inheritance of the sons of Judah. So... They had as their inheritance Bersheba and Sheba, and Molada, and Hezar Shual, and Bala, Azim, and Entolad, and Bethul, and Horma, Ziglag, and Beth Markaboth, and Hezar, Susa, and Beth Lebioth, and Shawelin Thirteen cities with their villages, and Rimnon, and Ether, and ashan four cities and their villages and all the villages which were around these cities as far as beth uh, balas bear rama of the negev and this was the inheritance of the tribe of the sons of simeon according to their families the inheritance of the sons of simeon was taken from the portion of the sons of judah for the share of the sons of judah was too large for them So the sons of Simeon received an inheritance in the midst of Judah's inheritance. Now, the third lot came up for the sons of Zebulun, according to their families, and the territory of their inheritance was as far as Sarid. Then the border went up to the west of Marala. It is then uh, touched by Devesheth and reached to the brook that is before Jachnyam. Then it turned from Sarid and east towards the sunrise as far as the border of, of Chislath-Tabor and it proceeded to Deberath and up to Jafia. From there it continued eastward towards the sunrise to Hefer and to Kazin, And it proceeded to Remon, which stretches to Nea. The border circled around on the north of Hanathon, and it ended at the valley of Iftel included also were were Ketah and Na'alel and Simron and Adela and Bethlehem, 12 cities and their villages. This was the inheritance of the sons of Zebulun, according to their families, these cities and their villages. Territory of Issachar. The fourth lot fell to Issachar. The sons of Issachar, according to their families, their territory was Jezreel, according to the Jesuloth, and Shunim, and Hafarim, Sion, and Anaharath, and Ribeth, and Kishon, Ibiz, and Remeth, and In-Ganim, and In-Hadah, and Beth, Paziz. The border reached to Tabor, Shashashuma, and Beth Shemesh, and their border ended at Jordan, sixteen cities and their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the sons of Issachar, according to their families, the cities and their villages, territory of Asher. Now the fifth lot fell to the tribe of the sons of Asher, according to their families. The territory was Helkath and Hali, Betin, and Akshepha, and Alamalek, and Adman, and Mishal, and it reached to Carmel to the west end of the Shaihor-Libnath, and it turned toward the east to beth Dagon, and it reached to Zebulun, to the valley of <laughs> Iftahel, towards beth Emek and Nel. Then it proceeded on the north to Kabul, and Ebron, and Rehob, and Hamon, and Cana, as far as great Sidon. The border turned to Ramah, and to the fortified cities of Tyre. Then the border turned Hoshan and ended the sea by the region of Aksib. and included also were Umah and Aphek and Rehob, 22 cities in their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the sons of Asher, according to their families. These cities with their villages. Territory of Naphtali, the sixth lot fell to the sons of Naphtali, to the sons of Naphtali, according to their families. Their border was from Heleph, from the oak of the Za'an to Adami, Nekeb, and Jabiel, as far as Lakum, and it ended in the Jordan. Then the Borden turned westward to Asnoth, Tabor, and proceeded there to Hakuk, and it reached to Zebulun on the south, and it touched Asher on the west, and to Judah and to Jordan towards the east. The fortified cities were Zadim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Chinnereth, and Admah, and Rima the Hazor, and Kadesh, and Edrei, and in Hazor, and Yion, and Migdah El Horim, and Beth Anath, and Beth... Shemesh, 19 cities and their villages. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the sons of Naphtali according to their families and the cities and their villages. Territory of Dan, the seventh lot, fell to the tribe of the sons of Dan according to their families. The territory of their inheritance was Zoah and Eshtaol and Ir Shemesh and Shaalabim and Ajalon and Ithla and Elon and Timnah and Ekron and Ekite, and Gibeathon, and Baalas, and Jaud, and Bene Barak, Gath, Rimnon, and Mejakon and Rakon. This was the terror against Joppa. The territory of the sons of Dan proceeded beyond them, and the sons of Dan went up and fought with Leshim and captured it. And they struck it with the edge of the sword and possessed it and settled in it. And they called Leshim Dan after the name of Dan, their father. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the sons of dan according to their families the cities and their villages when they finished adopting the land for the inheritance and its borders the sons gave it uh of israel gave an inheritance in their midst to joshua the son of nun in accordance with the command of the lord they gave him the city for which he asked timna sarah the hill country of ephraim so he built the city and settled in it these are the inheritances of Elisar the priest, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and the heads of the households of the tribes of the sons of Israel, distributed by Lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the doorway of the tent of meeting, so they finished dividing the land. Chapter 20, the six cities of refuge. Then the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, Does it make cities of refuge, for which I spoke to you through Moses, that a manslayer who kills any person unintentionally without premeditation may flee there and they shall become your refuge from the avenger of blood he shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and state his case in the hearing of the elders of the city and they shall take him into the city to them and give him a place so that he may dwell among them now if the avenger of blood pursues him then they shall not deliver the manslayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor without premeditation and did not hate him beforehand. He shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation for judgment, until the death of the one who is high priest in those days. Then the manslayer shall return to his own city, into his own house, to the city from which he fled. So they set apart Kadesh in the Galilee, in the hill country of Naphtali, and Shechem, in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath, Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah, beyond the Jordan, east of Jericho. They designated Bezer, in the wilderness of the plain, of the tribe of Reuben, and Remoth in Gilead, from the tribe of Gad, and Golan, in the Bashan, for the tribe of Manasseh. These were the appointed cities for all the sons of Israel for the stranger who sojourns among them, that whoever kills any person unintentionally may flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stands before the congregation. So just a few things to notice on these uh, chapters. First of all, the tribe of Dan ends up being quite problematic. They are given their allotment of land, but um, they're not all that happy with it and they they go up up into the north and uh they attack the cities up there of uh laish and they they capture it um to possess it's very beautiful up there up in the north way up by the gulan there and uh they they take it and they settle there rather than in their apportioned land which was further south that was originally given to them. And it ends up costing them greatly because they fall into extreme idolatry up in this area. Because in this area is really where they, um, the stronghold of all these false gods were and these idols were worshipped. And still today you can go up there and find in Dan the altar the base of the altar where they worshipped the golden calf when the uh, tribes were separated under King Solomon. That's when Dan was up there and uh, made these altars to the golden calf up there and started worshipping it. And Anyway, it's just sad history on, on Dan. If you follow Dan through the scriptures, you'll find out that they, they kind of get a little bit erased as being one of the tribes and uh, replaced by one of the sons of Joseph because of their extreme um idolatry and and falling away from the lord but again the whole thing of inheritance here is god has uh, something waiting for everyone and these tribes were not were not uh taking possession of their land these remaining three tribes and uh or four, however many tribes it was i forgot but god tells them what are you doing here in shiloh you're supposed to go take the land go possess your inheritance and they were like, "Well, you know, we've been been a long time here, battling in the in the Promised Land, getting the victory, and we're kind of um, we're kind of content to not press into our inheritance. We're just kind of happy hanging out here." And there's this spiritual um, kind of lethargy that's coming over them. So Moses has to say, "Okay, send all these guys out and go check out the land, bring back the report." I'm basically going to divide it up for you guys and just give it to you. I mean, just tell you where to go. And I want you to go. And so this is how he has to do it. They're going to send it, check it out. And then he comes in and asks for the Lord, telling exactly where these guys are supposed to be so that there's no arguing. Maybe they were arguing over portions of the land who should get what. And they weren't going. So this is what happened. Uh, And um, as far as the cities of refuge go, and originally, there was only going to be three unless that God saw that they were faithful unto him, that they were um, walking with him and serving him. He said then he would bless them with another three. Interesting. And now he says there's six cities. He's given them so they were obviously trying at this point. They weren't perfect, but they were trying. So God, in his mercy, grants them another three. And we, we see some key cities here. And anyone could flee there if they were not... That not killing somebody pre, by premeditation, they could flee there. And uh, there's all kinds of great application here because they could stay in the city until the, until the high priest died. And we know Jesus is our high priest. And when he died, they could go home and they were free. And, and there's just so many great things about us fleeing from sin and fleeing to our city of refuge. Um, and, and he is our refuge and he is our high priest and he has died for us. And we are set free. And our home really is not the earth. Our home, really, to go home is to go home in heaven, and that's our permanent home. So I'll just let you investigate all those beautiful applications there on the cities of refuge. It's um, quite phenomenal. We did this when we were in Joshua, kind of went into that in more in detail. All right, now we're moving on to Charles Spurgeon. No fear of death. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches, He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death, Revelation 2.11. The first death we must endure unless the Lord should suddenly come to his temple. For this let us abide in readiness, awaiting it without fear, since Jesus has transformed death from a dreary cavern to a passage leading to glory. The thing to be feared is not the first, but the second death. Not the parting of the soul from the body, but the final separation of the entire man from God. This is death indeed. This death kills all peace, joy, happiness, hope. When God is gone, all is gone. Such a death is far worse than ceasing to be. It is existence without the life which makes existence worth the having. Now if by God's grace we fight to the end and conquer in a glorious war, no second death can lay its chill finger upon us. We shall have no fear of death and hell, for we shall receive a crown of life, which fadeth not away. How this nerves us for the fight. Eternal life is worth a life's battle. To escape the hurt of the second death is the thing worth struggling for throughout a lifetime. Lord, give us faith, so that we may overcome and then grant us grace to remain unharmed. Those sin and Satan dog our heels. Beautifully written, phenomenally written, and very, very, very true. There is no fear in the first death when we know that he has changed it from a dreary cavern to a glorious passageway. I love the way he puts that. And it is true. It's the second death we have to worry about. And that's why we're here. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Each one of us care about somebody. And each one of us want the people that we know, the people we love, not have to suffer that second death. And so, Lord, we're going to pray that he just strengthens us and gives us the right words and gives us the ability to communicate clearly what we're up against in this world. So let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning and thank you for my brothers and sisters gathered around together and around your throne. And we come and ask that you would indeed strengthen us, embolden us and give us um, mostly uh, just an intense heart of love for you because that's what people see. That's what they want to see. It's not always our words that draw people, God. It's, It's our walk. And when they see that we that we, we walk the walk that we really, really believe in you and we love you and that you've made a difference in our lives. It affects them. So God, continue to strengthen us in our resolve, strengthen us, God, in our day-to-day walk with you when we have to do go do the drudgery and the dreary things and paying the bills and uh, going to get our driver's license or the things that we just don't like to have to go out in the public to have to do. Um, may you allow us, God, to have... That disposition which reflects your glory. And I certainly need it. God, I don't always reflect your your the heart of the Lord I serve, but I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for reminding us of these things. And I pray you would open up doors for ministering. And I, God, also want to thank you for those that are faithful in coming here every morning, coming together as we pray together, because there is power. When we come together in the body of Christ And we are praying God For very specific important things We ask that you would Touch God's lives and heal And bring people to know You as their Lord and Savior The various people God That we can think of that are still resistant And we ask God that you would Do something to give them And open up their minds To see the power of the cross And the resurrection during this Especially this very turbulent year And in that, God, we realize that there is so much saber rattling and there are threats. There's wars and rumors of wars, but now these rumors of wars are growing ever so much in in, in intensity, Father, in frequency and intensity. And now we're hearing of Russia touting its hypersonic nuclear missile able to strike before the U.S. or anyone else can launch a nuclear missile. And... um, boasting of its capability to um win a nuclear war so father that uh, that's a scary ordeal if they think they're confident enough to try it which means we would be we would be hurled into the end times in a matter of minutes father we realized that the whole scenario of the end times and the tribulation could start with one launch of a missile so father just prepare our hearts and and let us number our days and know what we're up against but but there's no fear in in us that know you because we know you're going to come and take us home and we know that we would just we'd just be waiting for you to show up and and take us out of here and that's a cause for rejoicing and cause for joy but god we in the meantime we want to see those we love come home with us so we pray for them And we pray for the peace of Israel. We pray for the strength of Israel. We know that they're never going to be removed from their land again. It's time to come home. It's time to let you be their Lord and Savior. God, may you do a miracle and bring in the lost sheep home. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, everybody, that does it for me. So I'm going to say goodbye, and we will see you again tomorrow, same time. God bless you all.